Our next guest started his career in the finance industries with institutions like Merrill Lynch, Barclays Capital, and spent five years at Rand Merchant Bank as the structured trade and commodity finance transactor. Thanks, LinkedIn. Enter, <laughs> <laughs> enter a major career twist. In 2013, he took the leap into entrepreneurship, something to do with finance, you might think. You would be wrong. He co-founded Country Meat Butcheries. Country Meat revolutionized the concept of butcheries, being the first to implement and control the entire chain of farm, abattoir, butchery, ending at the consumer. And within the first two years of trading, won the prestigious Cleaver Gold Award. Welcome, Donnie. Hello. We'll put some sound effects in. <laughs> so, Dan, let's go back to the finance thing, right? Uh... Were you always like a numbers guy in school or what What did you I do? I think I was a naughty guy in school. <laughs> um, yeah, no, I, I, I've always had a thing for numbers, um, but not really numbers, more the business behind the numbers. Mm -hmm. So I started my career in London um, and actually one of the companies that you didn't mention was uh, British Petroleum. So I worked for BP um, on the treasury side, so it was called International Supply and Trading. And um, yeah, that was a very interesting start for me, career-wise, and it was it was on the, on the oil trading side, and I was in the back office, so I was literally settling invoices, um, capturing lit from, from the bottom up, uh, studied, studied in tax, studied uh, become finan uh, financial management, uh, before going over to London, and then that that was my job, first job in London. Okay. Um, so it was, you know, I I think from that stage it was very apparent to me that I wanted to move to the front office. Um, now in banking, front office is typically your more commercial side, dealing with customers, either on the trading desk or you know on structuring, uh, which was my last job. Um, and and uh, yeah, so I think numbers were always part of it, but. Um, it was more the understanding behind it that, that, that got me ticking, and especially dealing with customers. It was always, always, something, yeah, always something that I wanted to do. Okay, well, that's an interesting thing because I was going to ask you, did you, obviously, to go from such structured financial banking institutes to, to starting Country Meat, had you dabbled in entrepreneurship before then? Or yeah, funnily enough, uh, yeah, that's a good question. I, my first... Well, my first business after school, in school I had a few, the, the, the guy that owns um, the Country Meat Group as such, uh, Carlos Alfontaine, me and him grew up together. We actually had a had our first business when we were six um, six years old and we were, we were breeding parrots. Oh my word, okay. So <laughs> <laughs> you know these ringneck parrots that fly around uh, Joburg at the time, at the moment, you know these green ones. Okay. Um, you actually get different colors of those. So you get green ones, you get white ones, you get yellow ones, you get blue ones. So green being the cheapest, yellow a bit more expensive, and then you go on to the white, and then you go on to the blue. So it works a bit like, okay, you buy a, you call it a split. So you, you get, a, you get a, a green, a cheap one, and then you buy a bit more expensive one, which is a yellow one. And once you put the two together, you get a split. And then from those on, you breed on and you breed on. And that was our first first business. So wow. we started doing that and selling birds. So that was quite interesting. <laughs> My first commercial business was actually in London. Um, I owned a smoothie bar. So okay. yeah, I, I, while I was working um, at the bank, I, 
I bought into a, a franchise business um, and and bought a smoothie bar, which was in um, in Walthamstone at the time. So that was my first business, yeah, first first retail sort of business. Yeah, retail. Retail, yeah. <laughs> so it was very interesting. Um, company did did okay for the first year, and then unfortunately that part of the mall they redeveloped, so they closed down our entrance. And it's a bit like you do with COVID at the moment. Location, location. Location, location. And then six months later, we were bleeding bleeding to death slowly, coming from a profitable business. So mm. that was our first lesson. Um, and no no harm meant to anyone that buys franchises, but that was the lo- first and last time I would go into a franchise because the guys that owned the franchise stores um, actually – really screwed us over in that whole process because we still had to pay the fees the whole time while we're not making money. Mm. Um, and, you know, that didn't sit right with me. I, I didn't understand it. I didn't, you know, even the tax man lets you go off. If you don't make money, you don't pay. <laughs> These oaks weren't that, <laughs> weren't those sort of guys. So, um, yeah, so that was my, my first business. And then, um, but after that, uh, not really dabbled a bit here and there, um, one of my mates is uh, a second-hand car salesman, bought a few cars with him, sold them, playing so the, around. The bug was there. Yeah, look, I've always liked to buy and sell stuff. I think that's the biggest thing. Yeah. Um, and that, that was apparent through my banking career. I was always on commodities. It was physical stuff. It was, yes, it had the it had the side of it, which is the derivative side, which is your futures and your swaps and your options and all of that the fancy stuff. But mm. in general, I wanted to see a, physical commodity move mm. um, and and people didn't understand that when we started country meat a big part of it was well it's still trading and it's still a commodity it's just a different commodity it's not no, not necessarily on exchange well not at that time um, funnily enough it was listed on on the JSE and funnily enough I did the first trade um, on the JSE for for for, uh, for Sandnik <laughs> yeah for Sandnik yeah so but um, yeah, so it's, it's and and also the group is very, very involved in commodities. So I could still keep that passion alive, um, doing what I learned in the past. I think that um, you know I think you've always had a bit of salesman in you, um, and especially when you say trading something, uh, you want to physically see it, put a marker marker bumper, create that wonderful deal on the other side, and, and make that person buy. Um, so then R and B. Um, now all of a sudden, you, you know, and, and this is a different type of interview for me because the business I'm interviewing, I helped co-start it. Um, and here we are, you know, sitting in, take us back a little bit when we sat in Carl's in Kruenstadt. I think we were having a few drinks for that weekend. Um, yeah, look, I think that, that was very interesting how this business started because as most of things do around friendships, um, it, it started with a party, you know, it was... We were literally we were sitting, and I think it was beer number eight, <laughs> <laughs> or whiskey number, or whiskey number nineteen. When when when, when Coral, um, which subsequently Coral is the the was the guy as mentioned earlier, he's the current CEO of the Cernic Group. Um, Cernic is the holding company for Country Meat, um, and Coral is a very reserved sort of person, and he's always he does things. He always surprises you if I put it that way. Yeah. Um, so. We were sitting there and, and he was saying, yes, boys, I want to go show you something. And we got into his bucky and uh, I think about two minutes later we were there. Yeah. It's Grandstadt. <laughs> um, 
And then he said, look, look at this. And, and we were standing in front of the first country meat butcheries. Yeah. Like, uh, and it was just instantaneous. I don't, I don't know if you recall, but it was about two minutes later we said, this is going to Joburg. That's two, what's happening. Two, two minutes. I think it yeah. started immediately and I hit, and I think we from there had Zoom focus. Yes. Now we wanted to. But do you remember also that it was in a time that there was this meat thing about donkey meat being in different yes. types of boudoir, not knowing what goes into your meat. And I remember that night where we said like, okay, you've got the farm, You've got the abattoir, and I think by then they had it for about 20 years or something like yes. that. And we were like, well, you need to complete the value chain, mm. and that value chain need to be shared with the rest of South Africa. Um, and obviously being in Joburg, I think that was naturally our first comfort zone. Um, and, um, and I remember um, even looking for places in our pajamas. Yeah, no, no, look, that, uh, that started uh, on that Monday when we were back. I, I'm telling you, but I, I, no. I, 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 no, I, you remember the no, same I remember thing, very clearly, you yeah. and your robe. I don't know what the hell's up with that. I think you were like, um, but pimp daddy. Um, uh, so, yeah. so no, look, so that started literally on Monday night. And as you said, the fun the focus was immediately there. It wasn't something that, oh, shucks, it's going to take time or we're going to ponder it. And it took time. Look, the one thing that we did well is I think we planned well in yeah. the sense of it must have taken us about a year before we, before we opened our doors. So it wasn't something that we just jumped into in the sense of, we didn't. We did plan. We planned a lot. Yeah. Um, but although the, the night before packing the shelves, it felt like we had just decided to yeah, open. Yeah, to, to go. Yes, that's exactly <laughs> it. So, so, yeah, it's funny. You, 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 what's that saying? You, you don't know what you don't know. Um, yeah, the naivety. Yeah, the naivety. You know, we thought we knew, and we, mm. we really didn't. Yeah, um, we thought we planned. We thought we planned. Yeah. We thought we planned. But that's a good point. So a lot of people at the moment, I said to Tammy the other day, you know, pension funds are being released. A lot of people are going into early retirement. So I can see a massive amount of money being available for a while. And now people are going to start new businesses. And, um, you know, we were, uh, the butcheries was quite, and I don't think we realized it from the beginning, but it's quite a cash intensive uh, business, especially to set up store and, and, and stock and et cetera. But a lot of companies are going to start. And I remember um, the first Saturday we opened up, uh, was it the Saturday morning? We opened up the 16th or the 19th of January. 19th of January, yeah. Then we turned something like 35 grand. Correct me if I'm wrong, Dan. It was 36,400 rand. 36, rand. Just shows, you, just shows you what yeah. keeps in our memory. Then yeah. on the Monday morning we turned five. No. No, 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 no. We did 3,200. <laughs> 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 the, <laughs> the first few months, we used to count. Every time we got to a 10,000, we were like, woo, yeah, that's, that's exactly it. Yeah. So, no, we literally, I don't think we, 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 we did more than, in the first three months, mm. we didn't do more than 10 grand uh, yeah. a day. There's no yeah. chance. There's not even, yeah. So people starting a business, Dan, what, what did we do in the beginning? What did you do in the beginning? What do you feel was, was good in the beginning? Um, what do people need to look out for? Look, I think, I think we, were, we were very naive, as you say, and I think we went into a business that is extremely complex. Perishable items. It is extremely complex, and the amount of lines and the and the you know the systems needed to control these things. Yeah, and the balancing and the you know and and as you say the balancing. I mean, people don't realize, but if you don't sell the whole carcass within twelve days, you do not make money. Yeah, uh, you know. So people will. Look and you at only it make market money when the when the carcass is sold. Yes, 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 yeah. yes. So, so 
I think I think it is extremely complex. Um, so you know, I I said earlier, yeah, I really don't believe in franchises. I must actually maybe just tweak that and say, I don't believe in a certain franchise model yeah. and the model that is based on a fixed franchise fee that says to you, okay, listen, you're going to pay yeah, X amount, and this is it. Yeah. I I don't think that model works. Okay. Yeah. There's, there's definitely space for someone saying, okay, listen, this is a business model. These are the systems. This is how you do it, and this is what you do. Um, I just think that if you think franchise and you think this country, you immediately, and I don't know if it's just me, but you immediately think famous brands. Yeah. Um, you think Steers, Wimpy, yep. uh, you know, Mug and Bean, uh, KFC even, mm. um, but it's always food-related. Yeah. Um, you don't somewhere go, okay, listen, I'm thinking franchise, so I'm going to become, uh, you know, a, I don't know, one of a, a PSG or a, you know, a, mm, you, yeah. you don't somewhere think that way. Yeah. Um, so I think the just on that point, starting a business, I think what happened in the past is when people got pensions, it was very easy to say, okay, listen, I want my own business. Mm. And what's typically happened with most of these franchise uh, models uh, is that, they're very clever in the way they build it so that they build it so that you can earn a salary, which is roughly the same as what your salary was. Right. So if you put in 3 million rand, and I'm not going to name a brand or whatever, yeah. if you put in 3 million rand, you might be uh, in a position to take 45,000 rand a month. But what, what happens is typically is you work yourself to the bone. Yeah. Okay. You, 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 you do not have the flexibility that you think you're going to have. As an owner. So as an owner, people think you're going to go there, you're just going to lock up, open up, and no, then, you're, you're and then leave. You're and a manager. You're a manager. You're a manager. You, become, a manager. you physically become a manager of that shop. And the only way that that shop will be successful is if you are there. Yeah. yeah. If you aren't the there, side, yeah. you, you can forget it. It's not going to happen. It's not going to work. It, you can have all the controls in the world. You can have all the training in the world. I honestly believe that... You know, those sort of models, if you look at that model, that yeah. is how that model is structured and how it works. So what most people don't realize is if you took that 3 million rand and you actually invested it wisely, Correct. you 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 most probably get will get cl quite close to, uh, if, not. if not the same as what you will earn mm. to do that. Mm. And I think that's why franchising in particular for me is still a, a, a bit of a no-no. Um because it's it's a it's a it's a it's a trap that that sucks you in slowly but surely and 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 so, so I, I guess to, to get back to what's my advice for starting a new business, um, <laughs> keep it simple. Yeah. Keep it simple. Yeah. You know, it really, really. I think I think people are overcomplicating things. We we certainly did. Yeah. Um, in the sense that we tried to become everything to everyone. Yeah. Um, one of the biggest mistakes I believe that we made is we didn't stick to our core business. Absolutely. So we try to um, constantly be everything to everyone so so okay someone walks in today and asks for a milk tomorrow we have to have milk because someone asked for milk mm. but um it was very done on a whim it was done you know uh, and 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 i think that you know we are meat, meat business stick to meat yes there's ancillary products that go well with meat yeah and i'm not saying don't go down that route but all i'm saying is is don't let that become yeah. the, the tail that wags the dog no, you're 100% right there when, when you said that on the core business um, because what happens to us is we um, 
it's almost like what's going on on the fear side. So this morning, the newspaper or the the media releases something about, uh, you know, if you if you buy this vitamin D, you know, then your immune system is taken care of. Before you know it, everybody's buying it. And what I felt also with the butchery in the beginning, and I'll speak for myself necessarily, is that uh, that customer-driven uh, product growth. You know, where actually if you start dissecting it, it's like 1% of the population that would request that particular mm -hmm. item. But the person that normally wants that makes the biggest noise. Yes. Um, you know, so yeah, I think that's a fantastic advice is to keep it simple uh, and keep it to the core. And I think, you know, uh, this interview is it's about you and I think that if I went through some of the mistakes that was made about it and that I apply today in our own business and advice to other customers. So I think, you know, going back to the question, what should you do? Okay, so keep it simple. I'll give you guys an example. Okay, I'd, I've got two friends that, as as things happen, um, especially in this time, everyone's jumping on the sanitizing yeah. thing, and everyone's everyone's selling sanitizer. Okay, so so luckily these two oaks a bit bit ahead of the curve. So when it hits, immediately on it, and 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 actually very successful now. Funnily enough, through this whole thing. Okay. But the first thing that they started doing, and um, you know, I, I said, okay, listen, we can put a few of the stuff into the stores just just as a retail base because we actually just wanted to warehouse the stuff in Joburg. Mm. So he said, okay, we can put it on the shelf and we can put it on the store. But you know, so I helped them a bit with the, how the business the business plan and, and how we're going to do this and whatever. And I think the first thing that happened was that we started and it was a five hundred mil and it was a five liter. Okay, and then okay, you get flow bins and you get all sorts of sizes, and it goes up and okay, and then and it's it's a it's it's a trap. Okay, uh, that slow trap that I was talking about that you go into is is that you want to be everything to everyone. Yeah. So what they started making smaller ones. No, and then then exactly, but not just smaller ones. Then okay, but if we have this, why don't we have face masks? Mm. And no one yet knew around COVID what the what what's really needed but okay so, so but we knew okay there's face marks that's going to come okay but what about these things that you hang from the tools that the, these screens mm. why don't you do the screens and why do we why do we uh, do the foggers and why do we do the and before you know it there was a product list about as long as your arm with cash flow burning with with, with and i said boys listen you, you you're missing the point here like you identify your target market and go for that market specifically like if it is flow bins let it be flow bins. Mm. But then you know who to target. You, you can go to the big corporates that are going to be able to use a flow bin. But in your marketing, you can't just go out now and spray and pray. You know, yeah. you can't just like way out there. Cats, and, cats and, and Yeah, yeah. You, you spray and pray. I mean, it's, it's literally what it is. So, so the fact of it is, currently, the stuff that sells, what's out? The 500 mils and the 5 liters. Yeah. Back to square Back one. To square one. Mm. All the other stuff is what, where the money was lost was all, all the other cuckies on the side uh. actually lost money. Uh. The core product made money, mm. and and it just goes back to keep it simple. But you know, like and understand your market, whatever you want to go for. Understand who you're marketing to and who that person is. Yeah, because it's very very easy in business to get pulled off your path, to get pulled away from your core business. I mean, out of our business, you could start literally. 30, 40 other businesses. Yeah, yeah. Because and very you easy. can justify feet. And yeah, it's very easily. Okay, so someone comes in. The yeah. brand and someone comes in. Yeah, no, yes, you know what? Um, I need I need you to come and cook at my house. Okay, great. Then, then send the chef. Okay, great. Now, now you start spit rise. Okay, because 
you know, it's someone else does, but Bros, we can we can do it better because we've got the mm. input product, we've got Cost. the cast. And look, funnily enough, we still do spit bras. <laughs> but 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 you know, it's one of the things that you just it through the time it's most probably caused issues in the business that we could have totally I wanna ask you, know, you uh, I wanna <laughs> ask you that question. So do you think that um because uh, there's a lot of business, well, let's call it promotions. Uh, companies are going to start companies. They're going to start a jam business. They're gonna, so then they're going to go out and do tasters. Do you think that part of the strategy to do uh, spit price and take our meat to people's home, do you think part of that created some customer loyalty for you? It definitely did. But I can also tell you a lot of it did the opposite. Yeah. And the reason being is is that it's not your game. It's not your game. And and and, 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 and and what happens is now you have like in our case we had a restaurant. Now you pull out a chef out of the restaurant mm. to go and serve a customer at home. Okay, then what happens is that the, the pop falls on the ground on <laughs> literally in, in, yeah. in the restaurant yeah. because you short staffed in the restaurant. Yeah. Now the oak gets a good experience at home or Maybe or not. Or you know, maybe yeah, maybe the chef is because it was such a runaround. He didn't take all the equipment yeah. necessary, or whatever that might be. But the fact of it is, is is you know, I'll give you a good example. Okay, so let's say in our business, uh, the, the a big part of our business is retail, and a big part of our business wholesale. Okay, so the reason why we started wholesaling is just because our retail wasn't busy enough. We mm. were never going to wholesale. It was never part never. of the plan. No. It's true. It was never part of it, you know. Yep. And instead of at that stage saying, no, guys, stick to your guns, yep. put all the energy into retail. Yep. Every single bit that you have, put it into retail. Yeah, I'm, I can tell you now the business would have been profitable a lot earlier. Yeah, okay? the model would have been much easier. The model would have been much out. easier. Mm. Um, it would have been, but the fact of it is at the time, instead of making hard decisions to cut overhead, okay? Because what, what, what happens typically with these businesses is you, <laughs> overhead is the one that runs away with you. And that's why I say keep it simple because every single thing that you start doing extra is going to cost you. Yeah, in labor. Okay? In labor and in people and in equipment. And, in, and that list just goes on and on and on. Yeah. So let's take a spit bra business, for instance. Okay, we want to do spit bras. Okay, cool, but have we got a vehicle to do it? No, yeah. okay, so, no, okay, but let's buy a vehicle. Okay, cool, now you buy a bucky. Mm. Now, okay, have you got someone just to do it? Yeah, okay. We, we bought, like, the the McDaddy of buckies on top of it. Yeah, 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 no, like, as you do, you know. <laughs> and and then, and then, then the next thing is, okay, cool, you need the person to do it. And then, okay, but we need the equipment, okay, the equipment. And then before you know it, okay, but we need someone to control this because surely, you know, it's taking our eye off the ball. And then before you know it, your overhead is so high and then for some reason you aren't as busy as you w would have liked to be. But you maintain it. But you, and, and, and you still keep on pumping the money into it, mm. okay? And then, and, and that I can give you examples of with 40, 50 other things. Mm. And before you know it, you're sitting with a massive overhead and you're actually doing, on your core business, you're doing the sales. You're doing enough to, to have a good business. But yeah. the problem is that you've got all these ancillary things that, that suck you in. Yeah. So the point being is, 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 is that if we made, if you ask me what is, that is definitely one of the things is, is we try to grow the overhead to match, uh, we try to grow the, the sales to match the overhead. Keep, mm. keep the overhead busy. Instead of the other way around, you know, I think COVID has taught us a lot and it's taught every single business. And I think the rules are very, or the, the thing that has taught everyone is very, very similar. Okay. And a big part of it is, is that a lot of people, there's a lot of deadwood in a lot of companies. Yeah. But the problem is, 
is that the culture in our country and and it's not a it's not a racial thing it's not it's the culture in South Africa is that throw people at the problem so whenever you have an issue well people are cheap you think people are cheap and throw a person at the problem okay instead of reinventing how you're going to do it well 60% of our tax bill goes to government wages correct well so in many many businesses yeah. i would guarantee you your two biggest expenses most probably in any business is uh, is people and rent. and rent. I mean, those are the two things. So, and 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 it's uh, COVID has taught us a lot about rent. I think people know that by now. Um, a lot of people, there's a roster. Okay, this two people in for two days a week, and the rest yeah. the other days, and and all of a sudden you need office space. Office mm. space. Office space is also becoming dead wood. Correct. So you know, so so all these things have taught us. What we should have done in any case at the beginning yeah. is watch your overhead. Keep on watching the overhead. Watch the overhead. We always, I, I, I initially thought you can't really um, save yourself into, uh, you, you can't save yourself rich. You know, you, you, the overhead's the overhead and you must just trade. Just trade more and just trade more. Trade more and, 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 and sell more and, and you'll cover the overhead. But it's not as simple as that. It definitely, definitely is not as simple as that, and and especially all the inefficiencies that come with it, is that's where you that's the killer. So it's not necessarily just the the wage bill, but it's the inefficiencies that come with that wage bill that causes the problem because people aren't focused. Yeah. People know they can get away with hiding and not doing the work, and eventually, if there's enough people, not doing, th- th- then nothing happens. Yeah, literally. So so we are now more productive. With two thirds of the staff than we were before, than what we were ever in the past, because it we we focus and we productive. And do you think that you know you sit here, you've got nothing in front of you, uh, you 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 don't have to? I don't want to say you're winging the conversation because it's just something that's natural in you now. Do you think that at how do you quantify that as a lesson in business going forward at a youngish age? versus I never knew that, I would have never known that, if you didn't take the risk and the mistakes and if you didn't have that thinking, you know, because before the time there was books available that would have told us that. Mm. There was books available that would have said to you, Donnie, don't do that. Mm. There was many guys that would have been able to say that to you, but one, your ears, our ears are, are blocked no, yeah. because we know best. Isn't that the human nature? No, correct. Um, so do you, what do you, and I'm just yeah. you as a man, what, what would you put, what, what value would you put for yourself as your, as, as, as a husband and, and a future leader and a leader for the people going forward and your businesses because you become a better leader by le- learning these lessons. Mm-hmm. You become a healthier business going forward and as the country meet groups develops, which I still see in, in great pace for the South Africa, you're going to apply that now. So w- at what stage as entrepreneurs do we call it a cheap round or an expensive round uh, do you Look, know what i oh, know exactly what you mean i think i think school fees are part of any business okay you can you can you can't get around it um and i think that is exactly why i say start simple and yeah. control the overhead okay so, so what, what we what we what we did is what we you know there's there's a lot of mistakes okay so if you look back and there's a lot of things okay and and as I said, one of the biggest things is is we try to grow into, we try to grow ourselves into our overhead. Mm. Not not a good plan, okay. Um, but then on top of that, okay. But how do we do that? No, but let's just open another store. Surely, mm. surely, mm. we're gonna grow the sales by opening another store. 
So if we look at how much sales we do now, if we open another store, well, then we're going to do double that sales. Okay, that's what's going to happen. Okay, but go back to point one. Control the overhead. What are you doing now? You're growing your overhead. So you're growing your overhead with sales that you think might be there, but it's not guaranteed. Plus but you your, your overhead is guaranteed, okay? So that's guaranteed to be there. And you're putting pressure on the first. And you're putting pressure. And 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 and, and the thing is, is so the 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 school fees could have been a lot less okay yeah, um i think there's there's such a thing as pride um and 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 there's the thing of um oh, look how big we are and look how you know and, and turnover's vanity and profits reality you know that sort of but the the turnover look at the turnover we're doing and and you know so um i as i said school fees are always going to be there and you're going to pay school fees okay it's just how much school fees you're going to pay yeah and I think the older you are, the but most probably the less the school fees will be because you've already got that thing of intuition that that you can't teach someone. It's it's something that's in them and that they've learned and that they've seen and and that they don't necessarily care so much about what people think and and so forth and so forth. Um, but if you if you keep it simple and you go from the principle of of um, look to be an entrepreneur, you have to take risk. It, that's just the way it is. It's, it's not, you're not going to get around it. And risk equals reward. So I just think that the amount of risk that you take needs to be very calculated. And and that was never the case. Okay, So for me to open any other site or any other store, if I can't carry that business, literally the whole overhead of it, yeah. for two years, two years is the number in my mind, without getting a cent of revenue. Not, not a cent. I, I mean, like, you must physically be able to to put a check down and say okay listen this is this is the capex needed i'm going to spend xyz on the machinery on all of whatever i need and then on top of that i'm going to cover rent and salaries and my you know uh, the basic uh, running of the business for two years then i won't do it so hindsight is perfect science yes um so if i go back um and and, and i come to you and and somebody says to you donny you're about to run up expenses to close to 20 million rand. Yes. Uh, Donnie, you're about to be stolen from, I think it was 1.5 million in one person. Yes. Uh, Donnie, you're about to learn perishable items is the most difficult thing ever to manage. Then on top of it, you going into, you went into a, into a consumer base that's very uh, tr- uh, um, fussy. You know, it's not a, everything has to be perfect, looks perfect, has to be packaged with perfection. You know, we went and went, and put our feet into that market. So if I came there and I feared you with all of this, would you have started? That's a very good question. <laughs> and 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 an honest answer is I I don't know. I, I must Knowing be honest. your personality can no, I answer no, it for you? No. I don't think you would have. No, no, most probably not. Look, I, I think I think you're a prince. <laughs> <laughs> I think the thing for me is is that I, I came from I was I was very young when I started earning quite a quite a decent amount of money okay yeah. and i by that stage I, I i owned a lot of properties and i invested and 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 you know the pound was strong and I, it was it was it was a good time and then when i got back to south africa i think my career really started taking off in the last year because i was building this business network. within rmb yeah. building my networks and and um so i was at a very good wicket you had like a 12 billion man book didn't you no 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 uh, not that big but close to it but it was big and yeah, and, and it's big it was big okay so i think 
and and the joke of it all is if we go back to when I actually joined, it was the time that we were doing two to three grand a day, and I was never going to be in the business. Funnily enough, if you recall correctly, I, I, and 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 the that, and the worst thing of all is if you add insult to injury, just to give a kick in the in the gonads, is that I was I already made budget. It was. April that year, we were being paid our our bonuses in June. I was going to get my bonus in June. We already made budget in April. So I knew I was in for a whack yeah. in June. Mm. And I resigned. No, I mean, I think Country Meat had some unique differentiators and it was a good idea. Yes. And I think we often talk about how we might see a good idea and not move fast enough, etc. So that... Um, the awe of this amazing mm. idea and prospect was so enticing, I think. Yes. Without, like you say, knowing all the detail. And I think a lot right now, people can be coming up with these great ideas. And it just shows you sometimes the, the just having the great idea is not good enough. But someone once told me um, at a credit committee, we, we, you, you take a deal to the credit committee and then you almost become the customer because you, you're selling the deal to the credit committee to give you the money to give to the customer, right? And I was showing them how great this business is and look at the financials and look at this and look at this and the guy is saying, you're smoking your own crack. And I was like, what? And he basically saying, what you, you're talking it up so much that you're talking yourself blind. You're smoking your own crack. You, yeah. you, 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 yeah. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. and I think I think only afterwards it sinks in that you say okay, but there's certain things that you just and I think that was the thing with country meat at the beginning. How can this fail? It cannot fail. Mm. And look, fair enough. Seven years later, it didn't fail. So yeah. exactly. So so yeah, so exactly. look, you have to believe in it, and you have to push, and you have to do those things. Well, it it came <laughs> with zero financial growth for me and you, yeah. basically no. for years. For years, yeah. I mean, we hold held our salaries. Uh, uh, less than what we earned before we went in there. No, well, that was that was literally till this year. For yeah, me. I yeah, mean, till this yeah, year, yeah. I, I, yeah. Uh, that was the case. If you look at the the meat journey that the that the butchery has gone, and just recently you launched brand new biltong, you changed the biltong process in your butchery, you changed the the um, uh, uh, boulevard and uh, the the drivers, and you have to keep innovating in your business on top of all, all of it. So not just through that first three years or four or five or six or seven years we later now that you have to learn all of that stuff, make all of that stuff. You still had to, at the same time, have a view on the customer service, uh, you know, the day-to-day -day operations of the business, cleaning it, all the staff that needs to be there, HR that comes with it, logistics, setup, supply. So on top of all the learnings that you do as a business, you still have to run your business. No, that's it, Sam. But I think that's the that's a nice part about an entrepreneur is that you know it's not going to be the same thing tomorrow. Yeah, you know that, and I, and that's that's I think that's the biggest thing that if you ask me why did I do what I did at the time, why did I make that decision to leave that six figure bonus was probably on the table and yeah. and and there was two things. Okay, the one thing was I always knew that I wanted a business. I always knew I wanted my own business. And I think a, a real entrepreneur always has that yearning. You've yeah. got that, it's, it's a burning feeling. It's just something that you want to do, okay? It's something you've always wanted to do. So I knew, okay, listen, on earth my time is limited. And if I'm going to lie in my grave, even if it wasn't successful, I was going to say to myself, you know what? I'm not going to regret. I did it. I tried. I fell on my face and, and, and that's what it is, okay? So 
I think that's the that's the one part of it. The second part of it was I knew it was my last chance, because at the time, just like I was thirty three years old, I was still single, and I knew I was most probably gonna get married, gonna have kids, and I knew I would never ever ever take that step mm. if 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 that was on the line. Okay, so if if my whole well, not necessarily. So look, it's different no, for different people. No, yeah, but yeah. but for different people, like okay, cool. You might get a big payout at work, so you've got money. Um, you might um, have well, those nothing. Well, those days are gone. Yeah, huh? yeah, yeah. Okay, so or you might have absolutely nothing, and you have to start a business out of necessity. Yeah, um, th- that's a, a bit different. But what I knew in my situation was that because I was in a solid. Um, work situation i knew i was earning good money i knew that if i was going to get married and get kids have kids it would be too much of a risk okay so it will yeah. just be this versus this oh yeah. no no that's yeah. not going to work yeah. yeah so i thought okay if i don't make this call now i will never make it so, yeah so you have to make sure that you you have a balance of that um sort of gut instinct or or passion or or calling to do something then you have to have a bit of naivety because i think if you see the entire picture you'll just turn around and run again no for sure but i think the business starting business process people are making it way too complicated Mm. and i think that that drills the fear into people not actually doing it and the reason i want to motivate it is because we need entrepreneurship now more than ever one donnie i completely understand we need to hold the the government accountable it's time that we all speak up and and inclusively hold the government accountable but what do we do you know we can't change it overnight so as private businesses and private individuals we still have to carry on yeah. you know and 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 if if we don't at least as private individuals find the space and the capacity to do that on a daily basis you'll just sit at home and do nothing um, and at least that's something that we try and tell people to get on with things a little bit look i think yes and i, I think the the one thing that people always hammer on and and Whenever you listen to Anthony Robbins or you listen to, you know, all these motivational guys and all of that is just say, follow your passion. Everyone goes like, follow your passion. But I understand what they mean by that. Yeah. Okay. And I think for me, as I said to you guys from the start, my biggest thing is I love buying and selling. I've always loved buying and selling and I will always love buying and selling. So I'm a trader by heart. That's what I do. I like to trade. Okay. So... And whether it is coffee beans or whether it is meat or whether it is mm-hmm. whatever it is, whether it's cars, whether I buy a car and I sell the car, there's a passion for buying something trading, yeah. and, and trading it. Okay, so if I didn't choose a business that resonated with that, yeah, by now I would not have been. Got, been able to, through the times that we've gone, through the theft, through, oh shit, you find out this oak literally stole one and a half million rand worth of stock from us, you know. Through all of that, to find the 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 the, the actual just the, the 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 power to lift your legs and to go in every day and to just wake up and and and, and want to go, um, that's what's driven me is that I've got a passion for it. It's really what I want to do. So I think that is what people talk about when they say that passion. It's not necessarily that you know, and 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 it's that you not love, that you love selling milk. No, <laughs> it's, and and it's not hard to to figure out what that passion is. Everyone says, "Oh, I have to find myself, whatever." But I knew from a young age that I I like to do that. It was that it was fun for me. And and if your passion was at a young age to 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 make cookies, well, that 
tells you something. You know, you you might have to go into a sort of a chefing world or whatever yeah. that is. But whatever I mean, it, it's it's not that difficult to figure out. And I'm not saying on a micro level. I'm talking on, on a macro level. Find yeah. out what 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 makes you tick. What what, and that's why for me through that, it, it's always been worthwhile going in because yeah. I know I'm going to trade today. Yeah. I know today I'm going to buy and sell something. Mm-hmm. And I, I wish I'm so happy you said that because I wish at school you know maybe it's for the school that I was in four kids we education was the secondary or third year <laughs> focus. But I wish when we were younger that the school systems opened your mind a little bit more, you know, because if they said you need to become an attorney, then you think I need to become an attorney that writes documents and, you know, we're actually not at all. Mm. You can become an attorney and become a great business person. You can mm. become a speaker. You can become a motivational person. You know, that that uh, uh, um, 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 uh, degree carries you into different places. Mm. And I think that that's also to open up your mind. And don't just think, if I have a passion for trading, why can't I be in meat? Mm. You know, and I think that's part of that link. You're in the seven-year cycle, Dan, so also congratulations and also mm, well thanks, done. Man. Well done for continuing the business, putting it in a great position at the moment. Um, I'm, 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 I'm quite um I, I wish i didn't make a lot of those million rands mistakes with you but i did <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but i think for us it was a very big privilege dan for you to be here this morning no thank you and thanks, thanks tammy dan. Yeah. For you, eh? you two were just going at it for so long yeah yeah <laughs> no, that was good thanks dan no thank thanks you. a lot i thanks appreciate you, your time thanks